Hey, Tucker. Hey, Todd. This part's going to be pre-recorded, so act professional, okay? I'll do my best. This is the Tucker and Toddcast, a podcast in which we write adventure stories for our YouTube sketch show. I'm Tucker. And I'm Todd. Okay, now we can get on to the show. Hooray! <sighs> Confetti. Welcome to the sperm bank. Welcome to the sperm yeah. bank. Welcome to the bank of sperm. What Welcome bank to- is it? Come a lot. <laughs> because- I had a lot of fun writing that one. Do you come here often? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they don't have to ask tony that one the answer is yes he's a regular the (laughs) huge just just him alone in a room with a tissue oh the the they got the receptionist slides him his his cup down the desk like or down the counter like an old-fashioned whiskey down the 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 bar in fact, that's exactly how he orders it. He just orders an old fashioned. That what was what am I, um? Which means it's him by himself in a room having a tug. That's about as old fashioned as it gets. What's that old cartoon? Not Asterix, but the other one. Astro Boy. What was it called? Was it Astro Boy? No. God damn it! I wish I could remember. Ah, there's a old, there's a cool old like cartoon scene of an old fashioned bartender slinging uh, mugs of beer down the the bar, and then they like stop at the inter the the traffic light. Like it's an <laughs> old fashioned cartoon scene. I wanted to find it, but I can't think of what it's called. Not that, Asterix. That sounds. Another... It sounds Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes. Compad- oh, Tex Avery. That's what it's called, right? Tex uh... Avery bar scene. Yeah, I, the I do recall. shooting of Dan Magoo. I do recall. Anyhow. How did they learn my whole name? <laughs> they got the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on this week, episode two of the Tucker and Todd show. Yes. Tonight's first, the, 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 the first segment on the docket is our reaction episode. Yeah. Now, this is an interesting one. <laughs> Yeah, because 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 of the Um, wonderful things we does. Did you read the notes that I made on it? And did you listen to or did you listen to it? I I listened to it and made my own notes. I I, (laughs) minor longer. All right. Did you note that this uh, would seem like a good opportunity to whatever it is they're reacting to, to be all old old versions of Tucker and Todd, all stuff from the first, uh, like, felt and foam episodes. It did occur to me that at least one of the bits that we react to would be our old stuff. Yeah, which is kind of which is kind of what we suggested anyways. The dead horse reacting to Tucker's catchphrase, the fat comic reacting to his own comedy, and then Fox torturing Joshua with his interview, which all would be. I just I, I like the idea of green screening out a little like TV screen in the sketch and having the characters watching our old stuff. I think I think our boys need like a little projector room somewhere. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, an old fashioned like screening room. room. Yeah, where they can watch some of this stuff. They've got like the old masters of their original sketches and sometimes they watch those. I like the idea of having like a reel to reel as well. That's cool. Yeah, but I I I really liked the idea that this reaction 
episode was also us having an allergic reaction to how terrible some of this stuff is. Yeah, hives, open sores, traction, and then dead. <laughs> yeah, we have to die proper, properly. The flies like, coming out of our mouths. Vultures picking at our bones. Yeah. Which might be even funnier now that you have our bone rigs. Oh, yeah, we do have bone rigs. <laughs> Just imagine how stupid we'd look if you took all the skin off. Well, it can also make bone skeletons. What's exciting is there's also skeletons, there's pre-made skeletal meshes for animals' shapes as well. Oh, great. All you have to do is turn one of those cats into a boy. Yeah. There's a little cat with a boy face. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Uh, but yeah, so the last episode, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, the last episode it just ended. The beginning of this one doesn't have to pick up where one left off with this. <laughs> oh my god! I don't like that. That's from what we do in the shadows. Oh, people it, recommended that taika, so many it's times. It's a Taika Watiti film. I love it. I've heard that it's very funny. It is that very horrifying. funny. I, I found it very funny, <laughs> and that is one of the most standout fucked up scenes. <laughs> it's about vampires, and that particular vampire has suffered like an emotional trauma. And now his shape shifting, he can't quite get it right. <laughs> so the, he tries to change into a cat and it keeps his face and it's horrifying. I enjoy that a lot. <laughs> All right. So uh, yeah. do we, do so we have a particular scene? Yeah. How do we want to open up this scene? Because we, we had a good opener last time and we made sure to transition everything kind of smoothly from one bit to the next. How do you want to open this one up? Yeah. Oh, actually, so one thing that I I don't know if you one thing that I was thinking was if we did end up reacting to the dead horse reacting to us, especially if it was sort of like a critical review, I was thinking it's possible that rather than the the bison sketch next, or maybe we do both since they're kind of shorter ones, uh, we try to exact revenge on that dead horse by calling the cops on him. Oh, well, I'm glad we called the cops on the dead horse instead of beating it. Well, we call the cops on the dead horse because the cops need to go arrest him from his trailer park for beating his dead wife, for being his dead horse wife. If I horse. See, I can't remember if it was a guy or if it was the whole family of dead horses. And then just, like the wife was in the night. I think it went down with yeah. like a bruised face and then like just a guy. Because this isn't the first time that an animal has managed to disguise itself as a person. No, you're right. Miranda. And so then that that transition doesn't necessarily work. Well, I mean, we can still punish this dead horse by having her husband arrested. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's still sabotage. He's been beaten on her. Uh, it's just sabotage of a, a less direct way. Well, I guess we'll get around to that. I mean, I mean, it's possible that since we're going to be doing a buffalo thing with these anthropomorphic animals, that the dead horse could somehow be a crossover. Oh. Yeah, because uh, I know I know we still haven't done the react episode, but the bison episode actually begins with like a, a a panoramic view of a field, but that field is a billboard. Yeah, and and at the very end of the sketch, it would be very easy to go back to that billboard and then zoom into the field and then zoom in far enough, and then there's a horse, <laughs> the creepy horse from uh, Adventure Time. Yeah, and that's and there's just that's our horse. We just we transition right into the billboard. Or there's family visiting an old horse in the the home where the buffalo roam. 
They just let a horse in. I don't see why not. I suppose they've got they've well, got the a deer, lot of the same predators. The deer and the antelope also play there, so the, yeah, they let horses in too. That makes sense. They just allow in ungulates. Oh, the dead horse. The woman. She's a nurse at the nursing home. Oh. And then she goes. She goes home to her husband who beats on her. Does she? Does she? Uh, but she's the one who was very critical of one of our bits. Yeah, so we we introduce her in the React thing. She happens to be a nurse in the Bison sketch. At the end of the Bison sketch, she goes home and it becomes the dead horse sketch. Does that sound good? Yeah, and then we're the good guys because we send him to jail. <laughs> yeah. We we did it as an act of vengeance and it turned out to be a good act anyway. You were we, told to stop, Ted. We did the right the thing in spite of our intentions. There's an, isn't there a word for that? Uh, I don't know. There probably <laughs> is. Eng- English has a word for just about everything. Okay, but how does the React thing start? We're in the studio. We're in our loft. We're in the screening room. Or is it something a little bit more domestic? I think the screening room would be an excellent place to start. But do we have like any kind of opening preamble? Or do we open on us already watching something? Yeah, I think there should be some sort of preamble before the gag begins and whether that preamble is like just literal like dialogue or if it is us watching something or the dialogue about us watching something. But I think it should be something unrelated. Take that. Or, or maybe instance. we maybe we start by watching a reaction video and think we could do that. And then we do. Oh, it, and then we get into the idea of doing a reaction video to reaction videos. But that that'll that's multifaceted. I think it could start with us watching a reaction video and thinking this guy's got a bajillion views. We could do that. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. The idea that all of these things that we are watching, all the reactions that we're watching, we either set out in the beginning as doing a reaction or it's like a fourth wall kind of thing at the end where it turns out that this whole thing of us watching videos online was like the little YouTube thing comes up and says like, hey, and subscribe to our channel, Tucker and Todd react or whatever. <laughs> it turns out the whole thing was a youtube video the the bit in the screening room the whole the whole thing was a youtube video so the entire bit is actually a youtube video and then it can actually at the very end kind of zoom back out and we're actually watching our own video of us reacting to these things yeah and, and i'm trying to figure out <laughs> i'm trying to figure out whether we would what the comment would be because my first reaction was like "Ugh, i hate my voice or whatever but that is my reaction so i'm trying to figure out what some other version of that would be how tucker and todd would be reacting to their own work oh man you never think about how annoying your laugh sounds until you have to listen to it over and over and over again yeah that's not a thought i've ever had but at least i'm not jimmy carr yeah we, we've <laughs> commented on that before yeah we have <laughs> Actually, I I think we both actually just did it worse than Jimmy Carr. So at least his his laugh is not that bad. It's almost remind me of it's almost melodic. That reminded me of one of my uh, favorite most recent stand up bits I heard was an older, not an older fellow, but middle aged fellow says, uh, you know, one of the things about getting older is that I've just stopped like caring about my farts like I've stopped censoring my farts and like for example i was in the the doctor's waiting room the other day and i had to explain it away i said there's this old man he couldn't hear and i just i just let one rip and he leans over and says what did you say and i had to think of like i had to come up with what i said (laughs) that sounded like and so i said 
LeBron. <laughs> and it's the that made it for me. <laughs> but see, you also you started laughing because you start imagining what what could be the thing. Yeah. What could be the thing that you come up with to say? <laughs> okay. Uh Tucker and Todd react. Are yeah, we going with these three things, the dead horse, the comic, and the and Joshua? Let's see. What all do I have? Yeah, we've got we've got a either someone reacts to our tip your waitress sketch, which is definitely possible. But the very first one and the one I put in the in bold and underlined was reacting to our terrible steakhouse comedian reacting to his own comedy because he because of his Rodney Dangerfield energy. Yeah, I still do. I still do enjoy that joke. And you said one of the lines that I suggested was was too much, but I don't know. Is it too much? Is it too dark for the for the comedian to be just like swinging feet when it cuts back to his reaction? I remember saying that that was dark, but I also remember laughing. <sighs> Does is uh, is that his reaction to his own jokes? It just it shows his. Let's see. Let's see what this looks like. Let's see how I sound on on stage. Then he listens to his own joke, and then it has to like sweep back a bit and there he is dangling from a ceiling joist <laughs> but i, I did all, i did also brush against the chair I, the light brush yes but i oh they would actually be slumped against because he's a big guy oh yeah. but uh the but i also do i did like the joke because so first of all the premise there is that He's like in my mind, he's reviewing his work, which me being like a dork about stand up. I know that's a thing that stand ups do, but I don't know if that's like a universal thing that people would understand why a comedian would be watching his own work unless they just take away from it that he's like narcissistic or whatever. Well, yeah, somebody who sits there is like, oh, I'm a genius like they're Kanye just kind of stroking themselves to their own material. That's. That's a sign of like a severe personality deficit. But a comedian watching and listening to their own material is reviewing and critiquing their own stuff after the fact. We could we, we could also we could also zoom in on it and make it about like he's checking his YouTube channel to see if he got any likes on his video. He has none. The sad music plays. Oh, all right. Um, in that case, it's almost like a Grinch callback. He's like, oh, no messages. Better check the outgoing. <laughs> no likes at all better see what i've got just to make sure i put my best material on there and that's the opportunity for him to look at that video well as now i almost wonder if he would be he would watch his own material and he loves it and he's sitting there like holding his hand out going like what 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 could you possibly say about that what could so you long have as he's got the rodney dangerfield energy that's fine but maybe <clears throat> if if you still want him to swing from the ceiling he reacts positively to his own stuff, but then he sees our reaction to his stuff. Maybe. But I st I like the joke specific. The gag that I remember also was well, also was well, was that he because he sits on stage and basically his line over and over again is Taya! and then the joke was that he watches himself say that and then it cuts back to him and dejectedly he says Taya. <laughs> would it would it and be I, dejectedly I still or? like that. Would it be dejected, dejectedly or would he actually be supportive of his own? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that also works, oh, I yeah. guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We're all getting laid. Even in hell, I get no respect. Even uh, he doesn't he doesn't have to die either. 
He doesn't. He doesn't have no. to die. It can be an attempt, and then like there's a oh, and we yeah, can, that's a good idea. It just the like rope it cracks, and he takes the ceiling joist out. Yeah, the the rope snaps, and there's a snap and a thump, and then a toy. Oh. <laughs> Either that, or he takes out the ceiling joist, and then the ceiling joist kills him. Yeah, but then then he has to die, and we need to book him again. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I want to kill him. He makes our material look so good. Yeah, I'm okay with the cartoonish him. Like, oh, he can have he can have flying cows spinning around his head as he was knocked out. Oh yeah, a certain waitress maybe. Yeah. Ah, I've got it. I know where he get why he gets sad. He watches his own material and he's super into it. He's very supportive of his own stuff. But then he checks the comments section and there's just one, and it's just like not funny, very fat. Oh, we should look up specifically bad comments from Burt Kreischer movies. Oh, actually, yeah, the model is going to be based off of Burt Kreischer, by the way. <laughs> I'm okay with that. They're about <laughs> the same level of funny. <laughs> yeah. Although I don't think our comedian would ever try to fight with a bear. I don't think so either. What an idiot. Oh, wait a second. I got to grab my coffee. Okay. Willkommen. <laughs> it's the bit that never ends. Yeah. Un- until it's finished literally so uh where do we stand on our comedian uh where do we stand on yeah he's he he the rope breaks he slumps he's got fat cows dancing around oh yeah it's because of the comment section i like that idea yeah he like he likes the video he's all he's all about the video it's the comment that gets him and but but what about our viewing of it we're are we do do we react to his reaction or at that at that point after just watching his original set? Are we already having our eyes swell shut? Is that the order that they go in? So is it first like just kind of like anaphylactic swelling? Well, no, we decided that the very first one would be itching, but I was just putting that out as an example. What, at, oh, okay, I'm okay. just wondering about the order of events. Do we show our reaction after he swings or before? Because there's like a little interim moment in between him, uh, us watching him watch his own bit and then him reacting to a comment. Huh. Maybe we sh- maybe we should react. Maybe we missed the point and we just laugh at the slapstick. We're like laughing uproariously. Either that or it's an opportunity for kind of a, two reactions. One, we we the first one, we react to him reacting to his video and he's like, ugh. That was that was not funny at all. That was terrible. That's bad and you should feel bad. And then afterwards, we get to react to him swinging and we're kind of just in shock till he. Till he <laughs> oh, down. yeah, we're just. Oh, <laughs> oh, we're laughing. And then, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I was I got the, the the order wrong. So we, we are itching first in reaction to his uh, satisfaction. Yeah, we're we're watching him watch his set and we're. We're reacting badly both to his set and to his support of it. So, yeah, we definitely get itchy. And then and then, of course, he checks the comments. We're like, (laughs) fat, not funny. (laughs) And then he's swinging and we're like, oh, oh, and then he falls and then we laugh. What a roller coaster. Yeah, strong, strong start. Oh, do we go to his video that we're watching? We put the comment on it. What an emotional roller coaster and immediately gets a down vote. <laughs> yep. And then and then we're sad about the reaction to the comment. The internet is a savage place. 
It really is because it's got all those people on it. Okay, so from that one. Yeah, do we want to do Dead Horse or do we want to do uh, Joshua? I've got here that his eyelids are being held open by a device and he's hooked up to an IV. Yeah, we had him in that clockwork orange scenario. Yeah, what what did we do we have a firm determination about what it is that they're making him watch? Uh I don't know if it was a firm determination, but I have written here that they were they were trying to get him to admit to wrongdoing by having mentioned them in his interview with us. I think then that what they should be making him watch is like a recut and edited version of the interview where he says pretty much the opposite of everything that he had originally said. And they're and okay. the entire the entire point is to condition him into thinking that this is the truth and this is what really happened and this is what he really believes. By the way, all of these moments when we see other people watching old content, when it's cutting back to us watching, we're doing some of those glitching effects from the last episode. Oh, yes, certainly. Those misremembered memory deja vu things. Joshua's content in particular would be especially vexing. Whenever I hear that word, I think of Joaquin Phoenix. Did he did he say that? Did he say vexing? I, I think it was in not Braveheart Gladiator. Is he in Gladiator? Oh, yeah. He was Commodus. Yeah. Comedy, yeah, he's all like, I'm vexed. I find that vexing. I'm very vexed. He says it like three or four times in a row at one point. I just remember as a teenager, like crying, laughing. All I remember is that the 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 real uh, kind of undertones between him and his sister. Mm. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, well, I, I think the sister fucker trope is uh, like the number one favorite for Roman historical films and other media. Sister fucker trope. Yeah, sister wife thing. They they were all over it with Caligula. I think they were trying to do it with Commodus. Did I mention to you that I wanted to do someday like a Wheel of Tropes format? Or maybe not a format, but at least a segment. Oh, yes. We've discussed having uh, the Wheel of Tropes because we already decided that straight women would be the one to pull it and make it spin. Right. Yeah. I need to get to work on that. Now that we have a 3D environment, I can add a little Wheel with Tropes on it. Oh, yeah. And it's got a little ding and a light on it it's the price is right but better <laughs> i can start playing with physics simulations and of course one of the tropes is just like surprise trap door and so everybody standing in front of the wheel falls down a trap door into quicksand into any who all manner of traps possibly yeah, all of them booby trap in crocodile mode <laughs> booby trap yes yeah the sand is actually just like thousands and thousands of really tiny <laughs> boobies of what is that fi fiber boobies <laughs> carbon nano boobies <laughs> oh, only mature content here yeah, definitely. Uh, but the, but they're like frictionless so it's it's like really slippery and you sink <laughs> like the yeah like the nanobots from big hero six <laughs> okay we're gonna tuck that one away the wheel of tropes <laughs> the wheel of tropes yeah all right uh, right now we are getting back to we're doing joshua so is, is we're not sold on oh you said a re a re-edited version of his interview with all of his uh scandalous bits what edited out 
either edited out or like Russian government levels of recontextualized. So, like somebody has badly dubbed over his voice in certain spots so that, uh, you know, the inclusion of a not here and there, just like negative language to make it sound like he's saying the opposite oh, of what he's saying. Yeah. And and he's like, well, I didn't say that. That's not me. And they're like, yes, it is. Backhand I mean, slap. And then they hook his eyes up to this thing. Basically how we were censoring our first couple episodes. Yeah, exactly. But I think obviously there should be like a, a grumpy, you know, Soviet soldier kind of guy. A la what you saw in the, f what was it? The Crystal Skull, the fourth Indiana Jones film. Oh, yeah. Lots of lots of uh, surly Russian soldiers. Also in Stranger Things, which, hey, in two days, they're out. So, yes, we've got burly, surly Russian soldier types, but they're they're mm -hmm. all in like fox uniforms. But but they speak with Russian accents because let's be honest, they they love Russia over at Fox News. Just ask Tucker oh, Carlson. <clears throat> so they've got a yeah. Joshua says that's I didn't say that. That's not me. And then this Russian soldier can backhand him and be like, doctor, proceed. And then they hook his eyes up to this thing. And then the doctor starts administering mm -hmm. eye drops and they hook him up to an IV. And then it's just playing this this cut up version of his interview over and over again, but with like little clips of of uh, subliminal messaging. Yeah. Is there also like death metal and psychedelic light show going on at the same time? Is it? The I, th whole... I think I think there has to be. I think we should we should go the whole clockwork orange. Yeah. <clears throat> He's just going to be like, oh, I don't feel well. <laughs> and then just in the background, this Russian soldier ah, ha, 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 laughs villainously. Until he gets a call from Puddin, then he has to go. V Puddin. Yeah, V Puddin. <laughs> Doctor, continue the procedure. And then he excuses himself. Oh, well, we call him Puddin Papa, didn't we? <laughs> I think I think we might have. <laughs> All I know is he has to be called Puddin from now on. <laughs> yeah. Because only a guy as soft and insecure as Pudding would need to do all of that. Pudding for brains. Only only the soft and the weak really need to show everybody how tough they are. What is a legacy? What um, everybody, did, the, the worst things everybody remembers you for. Did I already ask my kind of like hypothetical, not hypothetical, my rhetorical question about the Mediterranean? Was that, that a conversation I had with you? I don't recall. Refresh my memory. Oh, well, I I uh, I have a, I do pen pal stuff uh, online. And so I was talking to somebody from Turkey recently and just talking about her experience of living in Turkey and the different places there. And my brother traveled to Turkey when he was in a, a teen and I traveled through Greece when I was younger. And it's just interesting to look back like those were like those are like that whole fucking area is like a gem is a jewel. It's a it's a paradise. But for some reason, the whole globe has just like let them turn to shit. And why? How did that happen? It's just curious to me that we used to go to war over like beautiful places. And now we just go to war over stupid whatever. Like maybe we should probably shouldn't go to war at all. But you would think there would be some evolution to like, why aren't we protecting Greece and Turkey? Why are we just letting them fucking fail? I don't know. Probably because there's no profit motive in it. And that's become the overwhelming overriding directive of most of the world. Yeah. Which is exactly why we're on, you know, the, the 
practical verge of societal extinction. It's, in- it's interesting to see. Yeah, so like we're we're not just letting those gems fail. We're no, we're letting everything everywhere. Fail. Everything yeah. across the board categorically is starting to fall apart because, like, just as for instance, the pandemic made it really clear how ultra fragile so many of these systems are. Any like lapse that lasts more than a week starts causing a cascading effect where everything starts falling apart. We're still trying to figure out like supply routes. Yeah. It's it's amazing in 2022. Can you imagine when when Christopher Columbus or Ferdinand Magellan or whoever one whichever one you want to refer to? Dan one Magoo. Of them, Dan Magoo. He shows up on some shore thinking that he's figuring out trade routes for the world and they build whole civilization societies on the land they find and they still can't fucking figure out those trade routes. <laughs> no, <laughs> they've they've had enough years to figure out how to fuck them up. Yeah. <sighs> so anyway, that's how Joshua's feeling. <laughs> oh, totally overwhelmed and existentially in turmoil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think I think the the Technicolor, like the wild, all of that. It's an opportunity for the the, the perspective to shift to our faces. So yeah. the cam the the back of the screen oh, the, I the guess the lights we're are watching. flickering. Yeah, they're they're cascading off of our faces. So we're just like yeah, watching. Like we're watching in awe. And this this technicolor this all this light is just cascading onto our faces. It's almost like there's a disco ball in there. Also highlighting the new reactions that we're having. Oh yeah. Cause at first we think it's awesome. I mean, look at that lights, listen to that music. <laughs> but then but then eventually all there is is Joshua screams. And we're like, I don't think I like this anymore. I like that, that each time we think it's one thing and then it's another thing. As as we're like, I think this is art. This is art. We're like exclaiming. And yeah. then all of a sudden he starts blood curdling screaming. And we're like, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> never this mind. Is never just, mind. Turn that off. This is just sadism. Is this suffering? <laughs> is this allowed? <laughs> That's not allowed. <laughs> This is a Ugh. TOS violation. Here, report the it, that. The, the itching is coming back. <laughs> click, click, report video quickly. Yeah, I think if it's if it's first itching, open sores is kind of weird. So if it's first itching and then second swelling, that's a that's visible. That's a visible uh, escalation. Oh yeah, well you can go from itching to like hives because yeah. first first you're itching, you don't necessarily see anything on the skin. You're just scratching it wherever. Yeah. Then you can do hives where you've got swollen bumps that are, you know, very itchy and possibly even stinging. Some of them might start to be open sores if we scratch them hard enough, especially because, you know, there's Tucker scratching his arm with a cheese grater. What? It was here. I'm really itchy. So I guess that's an opportunity to grate one of his arms. That'll give you some open sores. <laughs> yeah, just a few. <laughs> Yeah, just a few, just a you know, a, a, a little few bit well placed of, open sores. Yeah, slightly, uh, slightly exacerbating some contact dermatitis. So yeah, eventually the screaming is bad enough. It's just okay. We got turn it off, turn it off, turn it off, or just mute it because I I like the colors. And then do we go to a third one? Well, that's an opportunity for us to watch this dead horse react negatively to one of our bits. And I was thinking, would it be one of our bits or would it be a supercut of you saying, uh, no, that's, <laughs> that's highly unlikely. highly unlikely. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think that's actually 
uh, I think a super cut of all the bits would be good, but sh- I think the dead horse is actually, it's, it's not a prepared super cut so much as it's the dead horse going, ugh, next, ugh, next. <laughs> okay, yeah, I like that. Ugh, like her reaction gets progressively worse every time I do it. And it's, and it seems to be ubiquitous. It's just frequent it everywhere. I think we've done it at least three times. It's in the first two sketches and then it's in the Halloween special. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have been as special without it. <laughs> it's and the secret I mean, ingredient. to be fair, there were lots of highly unlikely things happening in the special. It would be cool if we could get like an AI to go through the podcast and, and extract all the points that we've said that. Well, I know I know that it's only really turned up in the uh, the actual written sketches. I we've mentioned it. We've ref we've made references to it, but it, it does show up in written sketches. Yeah, of course. All of the ones that have Tucker in them anyway. But but the dead horse keeps, you know, sw- switching over to another video. I'm impressed at how many chances she's given us. But every single time we manage to disappoint her with the same bit. Do we have any reaction to the fact that it is a dead horse? Like, do we comment on that at all? I don't know. It does seem highly unlikely. <laughs> oh, that would actually be funny. If if we first... Yeah, okay. We have to say it first. Is that a dead horse? That, that seems, seems highly, highly unlikely. unlikely. And then she happens to be watching several videos of you saying highly unlikely. Oh, yeah. Does my line... I, I suppose my line should come before we realize how much I say it. Yeah. If if it comes after we realize how much I say it, that seems even more unlikely. Oh, and then should should there be some hint in the horse's video that she has a violent husband? Should there be some like half a second of audio or it turns off suddenly or whatever to su- something to suggest that something's uh, amiss? Oh, probably somebody shouts in the background about why dinner's not ready after they get home. You hear like a door slam shut and why isn't dinner on the table? And she's like, oh, shit, click starts clicking stuff off. I got to gotta go. And then but she doesn't like shut everything off. So we were it's still rolling listening to them argue in the background. And then we definitely hear somebody smack somebody. Oh, do we? Is there footage is that of allowed? an empty room? Is what a lot? Oh, we say is that allowed or are you asking me? Is that allowed? Is, no, it's a reference to the last time oh, we asked. Okay, okay, is that okay, allowed? Okay. That's is definitely that allowed? not allowed. <laughs> Do we see footage of an empty room, or does she like close her laptop lid or something? No, I think I think it's I think she leaves in too much of a hurry to close it. So we're seeing an empty room. Okay, yeah, we're seeing like her computer screen. Her computer chair is left kind of in a partial swivel. That's how much of a hurry she left the chair. It's still kind of spinning a little. And then we hear muffled voices down the hall in a different room, maybe exchanging shouts and then a smack and a her her voice becomes probably a whimper. And we're like, oh, that's definitely not allowed. How did I let you talk me into this? I'm trying to think of a nay joke. <laughs> but also or I guess you said whimper, but there could be a, a whinny. Yeah, I think I think it should definitely be a horse noise. The smack. And she's like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know what noises horses make anymore. Funny, I live in a in a place that has wild horses, but I don't remember what they sound like. I think they do a lot of... That's probably the noise she makes when her husband comes home. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yay or nay, did I tell you to leave the... Fro- the, the, the... Oh, fuck, I fucked up the line. Yay <laughs> or nay, did I tell you to leave the dinner out? 
Nay. She she didn't even make any. She's been too busy watching us. Oh, I see. Too busy watching YouTube to make dinner again. Then I guess you just hear somebody taking their belt off. Now it's dark. That's very dark. I don't know yeah, how, we... how deep we go in on it. If if the noises she makes are funny enough, then you can go for one smack probably before we have to turn it off. She starts crying. That's right. Off you trot. Here, YouTube will help. Yeah, just like a, a proper whinny, a really throaty, noisy one after the smack. <laughs> it's like, that's it. Canter <laughs> off. <laughs> she canters off. That that's I think that's the only that's the only uh horse move that I know of that nobody horse else move. Because <laughs> yeah. I hear what people spells get and abilities does your horse have? <laughs> he just has canter. Because <laughs> trot I've heard used to describe what people do all the time. Run yeah. people do that. Never heard anything but a horse do a canter. Yeah, that's true. I think my car has a canter. Are you sure it's a canter, not a decanter? No, the wheel alignment has a canter. A decanter is for wine, isn't it? It wine. Uh, I think. I think it's primarily for spirits, and I hope uh, you don't have one in your car. Spirit. <laughs> Boo! Uh, I'm the ghost of your car. I'm the ghost in the decanter. <laughs> <laughs> well, as they oh, said, it was for. I, they said it was for spirits. So that's no fucking good. What's no good? There's a ghost in the decanter. Oh, yeah. That is, yeah. we've been consulting the wrong spirits. You're supposed to be in the shell. And we're supposed to be having whiskey. Whiskey, yes. I have some port here. I love port. Actually, I do have some whiskey. I just have wine. I love port, though. I can't have it too much. I find it very sweet. It is, especially if you drink the port that I like, which is the 10-year. It is much sweeter than Newport. Newport? What about is, Newport? Think, yeah, the, those aren't very sweet. <laughs> no, they're not. Ooh, what a sound. Boom. Yep. Yep, I used to date a girl who made the same noise. <laughs> <laughs> no context. Nothing. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that and and that's how I became prolapsed, <laughs> and that's why I'm not allowed within thirty <laughs> yards of that particular college. Okay, where were we? We were oh the dead horse. Yeah, the dead horse just cantered off after being smacked and letting out a very big whinny. And I guess this is an opportunity for us to sh to stop the video. And then and then we actually it zooms out because, of course, the entire frame gets paused and it zooms out to us watching us watching stuff. And we're like, I this this can never go live. This is this I like is the terrible. idea. You, you don't just hear a slap sound. You hear a whip sound and a yaw. <laughs> I can't get it. out. <laughs> 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 yeah okay hi who is silver away exactly. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. even maybe even a whistle or like a strum of a guitar or whatever i got a, a bull whip and a <laughs> and a neigh and then it's just yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
And then of course <laughs> there's the there's the there's the string of the slide guitar, yeah. <laughs> so now I'm now I'm wondering. Now I gotta take my glasses off. Now I'm wondering. <laughs> Oh man! So is her <laughs> when we see her husband eventually? He's dressed up like a cowboy. Then he's oh, he's got yeah. he's got on the uh, what are they ten called? gallon the hat? <laughs> he's got the spurs and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, like it should be spaghetti western <laughs> style, like a like a cowboy style that has has been retired for at least a century. But there he is. What are you, some kind <laughs> of Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> yeah, okay, I like that. That's the husband now. Hello, there, officer. Can I help you? <laughs> okay, now I'm not sure how we make him sound properly intimidating when he comes home to beat his wife. <laughs> I'm so fucking entertained. I can't stop. <laughs> All the right. idea of whipping and yawing as he's technically oh. being his dead horse wife. <laughs> <laughs> Who comes up with this? Oh, I I don't know, but I'd I'd write a podcast with him. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> okay, so I suppose that's the opportunity for it to back off. And what's our allergic reaction level to this one first? Well, I had written down that we're in traction, so literally like in casts with with our fucking arms in slings and whatnot. All right, I'm into that. We're 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 uh we're probably hooked up to little machines that are beeping, and we have an IV as well. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. I'm, Tucker, I'm, I'm I'm gonna like struggle to turn my head to you and be like, you you good? <laughs> you just be like, Lieutenant Dan. Ice cream. <laughs> and then there now is when I want to zoom out. I want that frame to pause and then I want it to zoom out to our reaction to our reaction. And now we're just dead. Yeah. <laughs> we're in chairs watching a computer. On uh, which dead, we've been dead. watching ourselves watch all these things. Dead corpses. Are they are they skeletons or are they are they uh, bloated zombie corpses? I think we'll take it a step back and it's just like we're just we're dead with our mouths open and flies buzzing around. We've got excess for eyes. Right. The ex Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cartoon. Maybe dead. maybe maybe not full bloated gross, but visibly dead. We're slightly off colored. You know, we're starting to green up a little. But like slumped against each other, sharing a chair. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we're bunk stacked in one chair. <laughs> and maybe there's like the shadow of a vulture overhead somehow in the studio hmm. that immediately put into my mind how that would transition nicely to the billboard on the highway but that's not the format of the show unless it is no I mean, it doesn't, especially we don't have to because um, well in my notes uh we're actually writing the buffalo the bison sun yeah uh, exactly. episode. so it probably should transition i don't know if uh if we kind of just snap out of being dead, we're like, well, this is this is a wash. Or would that be an opportunity to have Jay come in and and think that we're dead or or be annoyed that we're playing dead and be like, guys, knock it off. How long are you going to do that or something like that? 
or like have somebody come in and tell us to stop playing dead. <laughs> if you boys don't stop playing dead, I'm going to dump this glass of water on you. Then we both scramble. Ah, not again. Or or admonishing us for playing dead to avoid chores. Is, is that are we playing dead to avoid chores? I thought we were just uh, the reaction where our reaction was just lethal. Well, I mean, that could that could be a, like a question, though. Are you guys playing dead to avoid chores again? Obviously, there's no answer because we're dead. We're dead. Yeah. And then she dumps a glass of water on us. <clears throat> and that snaps us out of it. Yeah, it's an opportunity to play with your fluid effects. Ooh, <laughs> that's way too fluidy. <laughs> it's just the jet stream. What? How did you get this level of viscosity in one glass of water? I, I like the idea that she turns the glass of water upside down and then a jet stream of water comes out of it. I that's do like just, that cartoon effect. Yeah, that's just silly enough for us. OK, all right. All right. I get it. Yeah, we're we're alive now. Thanks. Or do, are we hamming it up like it's a miracle? <laughs> we we live again. <laughs> Thank the Lord. Thank the God computer. Great. Yo, you say thank the God computer and that's it. That glitch, 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 glitch. Yeah. Thank the great computer in the sky. The great CPU. <clears throat> Blessed the is motherboard. The, co- the, the cosmic processor. <laughs> the motherboard. That's a good one. <laughs> Hail Mary, motherboard. <laughs> so I suppose we can really quickly segue to a scene of us drying our hair off. You know, toweling off because we just got fire hose soaked. And I suppose one of us could make a comment that causes us to to uh, go into writing mode. I'm trying to think. Oh, shit. What's the matter? I just pulled I just pulled my. Oh, no, we're good. Um, uh, la, 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 la. I'm trying to think of how to transition to work. Words to say that would prompt the by son sketch. Oh, yeah, that sketch in particular. And now that we've seen the dead horse, it makes perfect sense for us to write her into a bit as as the nurse. Yeah. Although although now that we've kind of seen her um, personal tragedy, I don't think we're going to do it to take vengeance. I think we're actually just going to rescue her. How do we how do we do that in the last episode? How do we transition to the other one? We we started doing the wedding shooter. Do you remember how we. Oh, we kind of just decided to sit down and get to work. We have, I assume, oh, in we my had mind, we had like a little studio. And yeah, we pulled out our notes. We're like, we might as well get to work. So, I mean, we can do that now. We can finish toweling off and then just go sit in the little writing study and be like, all right, let's get to work. No more playing dead. Uh, <clears throat> could that be part of, of straight woman's prompt is after she she resurrects us? She's like, yeah, yeah, real great. As she's like, as we're hamming it up, we're alive. Praise the God computer. She's like, yeah, yeah, dry off. And she hands us our notes. You've got sketches to write. Yeah, use your newfound life to get these finished. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is a miracle if you can finish these. <laughs> okay. Yeah, being alive isn't so great anymore. Now I gotta do stuff. I liked being dead better, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, mumbling Tucker and Todd with towels on their heads on their way to the the comfy chairs, probably the beanbag chairs with a little coffee table. That's where they do their writing and their jamming. (laughs) They're doing that thing kids do where they're just like, uh, they're they're flossing their their butt cracks with the the (laughs) towel as they walk. Oh, yeah. 
I can I can I can just picture Tucker doing that now. <laughs> Probably because I think I've seen Calvin do that. I yes, I think that's why the image is in my brain. Uh Calvin bathtub scenes were always some of my favorite. The what do you call that? This supersonic depth plunge or whatever it was called. That was one of my <laughs> uh, favorite <laughs> version of the bath. Yeah. Get into a toilet, turn it on flush, and he just spin cycles. The, the salad spinner. Now I'm clean. What a kid. So we sit down and we get to work. She's handed us our notes. Our notes are probably full of like hundreds of partially, partially expanded, partially written uh, premises and ideas and all that stuff. So we just pick one. It's similar to what we, we actually have. Very similar because... If they're I, gonna, I, yeah, <laughs> I tally, I tallied them up a couple of weeks ago. We were nearing 90. And so I think that we we're actually probably at close to 100 unused premises right now. I would rather have them and not need them than need them and not have them. Yeah, I would have never predicted, though, back when we started that we would have such an abundance. Yeah, but most of them are yours. This is all your fault. <clears throat> it is. I'll take the blame. The home where the buffalo roam starts with a billboard ad for a nursing home. Yep. But you don't know it's a billboard ad. You just think it's a, a a nice, pretty scene. Yeah, it's it's got nature noises, of course, and then and then the the, the image starts zooming out, and then you see that there is text on what you assumed was this nice, serene-looking field, and then you see that it is in fact the home where the buffalo roam retirement community. <clears throat> oh, I and, bet you that song is in the public domain. Do we start with that song playing over that scene? I don't see why not. I think it'd be perfect for it. Home on the range, public domain. Yes. Excellent. And then it, the camera zooms out further still, and then you can see the highway <laughs> going on alongside this billboard. And there is a family of bison driving to go visit Grandpa. Oh, we can do that thing where the, the song is playing in the scene. And then when the camera zooms out, it becomes, what do you call that? A diet, diagenic, diage, diagetic drop where it becomes they're listening to that song on the radio in the car the yeah kid it, hates it, it. it's i i think that's a great idea it would uh sort of change in tone and sort of softness now it's an old-fashioned sounding tune on the radio yeah i like that and the, yeah the kid kid doesn't like any part of this why do we gotta go see grandpa I, why do we gotta listen to this song how can you guys listen to this stuff why do we gotta go see grandpa anyway Kids don't respect anything. Nope. He's not even dying. <laughs> this imaginary kid is horrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. We decided that our straight woman actually works there, too. Yeah, that was a thing back then. But since, since, we're, since we're writing it, we just put people that we already know into our sketches when we're writing bits. We do it all the time. Yeah, that's true. That's reasonable. So we're just like, we need a person who works there. Put Jay in it. I, I mean, that could maybe even be a reference later when we find her doing her, her detective work. Well, that's, we that's how some... it is. Is uh, She finishes off this particular bit by giving us a lecture about dementia. <laughs> so she, she takes the funny energy down. And then we put down the notes and we're like, wow, she got real serious in there. Uh, hey, where is she anyway? She put us to work so that she could have the green room to herself. And then we find her, we're like, I thought you were a nurse. And she's like, what? Only in our imagination, apparently. <laughs> yeah. But she's she's just, you know, doing a recreational thing. She's just playing 
It's it's like a virtual reality game to her. Oh, the, the detective stuff? Yeah, she's using the green room like it's a holodeck. There are tons of uh, detective holodeck episodes where Jean-Luc just like, I'd rather, I want to be in a holodeck production of my favorite novel. And now he's the, the main character in it and he's a de- detective. Detective de- space time. Yeah, it's like an uh, old-fashioned, hard-boiled, noir detective novel, but you get to be in it. That's what they like using the holodeck for, to just like live in literature written hundreds of years ago. I never watched too much Star Trek, but I did watch Community. (laughs) I've seen all of the Star Trek. Including the most recent, what is it, Picard or whatever? The very most recent series of all is Strange New Worlds, and it's excellent. Oh, yeah? Yeah, probably because it's got Anson Mount as the best rendition of Captain Pike I've ever seen. He is so good. And I mean that in every way, like he's morally and ethically so good that he could only exist in fiction kind of good, which is what I used to think about Picard. That he could only exist in fiction? Uh, Picard is just, he's getting a little bit old. I think I think the Picard is not quite as perfectly moral as he once was and also there are lots of instances now that i'm a little older and wiser in the in his show where i pick out bits where he's not as morally great as he could have been like he uh confuses uh non-interference with non-intervention i have to admit you're it's all just going in one ear and out the other i have no connection to anything about star trek yeah but you know ethics yeah non-interference and non-intervention are not the same helping somebody who's in uh, a tremendous and impending peril that you can do something about is not interference. Are we helping somebody who's in impending peril in this sketch? No, but we are still going to call that the cops on that lady's husband. So what's the in what order are we doing that then? I I don't know. I assume oh, that'll probably be like a post-credit scene. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe we do, maybe we don't see us calling the cops, but it's just like revealed. Oh, there we go. We got a tip. The cops. Yeah. Well, we show the sketch of the cops. I don't know. Maybe we're packing too much. Actually, you know what? Maybe uh, I don't know. I feel like we're packing too much into this episode now. Well, that would only have to show up as a post credit scene. It'd only take a minute to arrest Ted. Yeah, I guess so. Especially now that we've established that he's a a wife beater. Okay, I guess. yeah, Yeah, if it works. So, but would this scene come one after the other? Like, cause, cause you were imagining a world in which straight woman, this scene ends. So the straight woman that tells us that we, that dementia is inappropriate is inside the sketch. Yeah. She's our fictional version within our, within our written notes. And so if we, so when, when, in in the way you have it written out or imagined whatever right now, the transition is she gives us that lecture in the sketch and then we pull out of the sketch into the studio. Yeah. And the she, the she us, kills our energy with her seriousness. And then the us in the studio go, oh man. Yeah, that got that got serious. That got that got serious. Okay, and okay. Then go, I, and I, then we go look for the real her, because she made us the, the fictional her made us think about her and we're like, where is she anyway? Oh, okay. I see this. Just minutes ago, she was bearing down on us, telling us to get to work, and now she's mysteriously not around. Yeah. So I was trying to envision a way in which the dead horse sketch would be slotted in between Bison and uh, Straight Detective. We don't need to do that. 
the dead horse thing, as you said, can can be a post credit sequence. And the way that it's done is it shows the the dead horse arriving home and then another situation of the 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 husband coming in and being um, abusive or starting to get abusive. But that's when woo, 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 the, the cops come in and drag him out cop style. And we make the joke about you were told to stop Ted. And then that can pull out to Tucker and Todd reacting to that cops episode. And we give a high five of like, I told you we should have called the cops or something like that. You were right. You were right. Yeah, it was good to call. Yes, I'm, I like. That. I'm glad we did the right thing or something like that. Yeah, okay, that works. And then, and then, yeah, and that's ending on a a high note. We we did a good thing. Yeah. Now coming back to Bison. Yeah, back to Bison. Did we need to buff up how what happens between driving to the place and getting the lecture from Straight Woman? Did we need to add much to that? Well, I've got. Of course, Grandpa greets them, and one of the other residents, probably a friend of Grandpa Bison, asks if Bison is uh, asks if this visiting son is one of his favorites, and he says, "No, this is my Bison." <laughs> and I've got written here that straight woman apparently works there and takes umbrage with this. Someone tries to explain the joke to her, but gets bonked mid explanation. Then the joke falls right out of the bonked guy's mouth. I'm going to assume it's another orderly who tries to explain that it was just a joke. What was that again? Who gets bonked and what for? An orderly. I assume just like a, a random passerby tries to explain that the bison was just oh, a play okay. on words. It was an innocent play on words. And of course, our straight woman's not having it. But this guy trying to explain the joke gets bonked. And I we wrote we decided that the joke just falls right out of his mouth. Right. I think I remember describing that like a scene in Kill Bill. Yeah, you slap the words right out of his mouth and they fall down. Somebody yeah. tries to pick him up. I think we tried to pick. Oh, right. We're not in it. Somebody tries to pick it up. Jay insists that it just leave it. The scene is now about straight woman. <laughs> and then I, it looks like we move on from the, the bison joke, the bison that gets slapped out of that guy's mouth. And it winds up actually being about Grandpa Buffalo's impending dementia yeah because i think we were we were trying to say what's a way to subvert just making fun of dementia which is what shows always do yeah and i we agreed that there's really nothing funny about dementia so that's that's why it winds up kind of transitioning into jay giving a, a rather chilling description of what happens and i've got it written here that like the, the screen at the edges starts to darken and the focus kind of shifts in and in and in until it's pretty much just her face. And she she continues her description. And once she concludes, the scene immediately zips to something with like the opposite energy. Maybe somebody literally gets their shit scared out of them. Was there something specific that prompted her explaining why it wasn't funny? Did somebody do something that seemed funny or did somebody start to make a joke about dementia? And yeah, like... some, somebody attempts to set up a joke about Grandpa Buffalo's dementia. Probably, probably is a, another explanation as to why he made that joke. Oh, it's just his dementia. And then ah, ha, 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 people start laughing. Jay doesn't laugh. That shit's not funny. A doctor recently told me that I have cancer. And now he's saying that I also have dementia. At least I don't have cancer. Like one of Brutal. those jokes. Brutal. But yeah, some something something along that line. Like it, it was probably just like a cheap, a cheap sort of throwaway. Not even funny. Probably somebody just like saying that grandpa 
Buff- Grandpa Buffalo just has dementia. Don't listen to his dumb jokes. You know, it's these are all the same. It's dementia cases are on the rise. Plus, dementia cases are on the rise. Yeah. Whatever happened to that being Alzheimer's specifically? Right. They're all. Yeah, just they're the all only the cool. only good Alzheimer's joke I've ever seen was the one where, you know, it's a picture of somebody logging into like their their medical profile on some website for help and stuff. And it's got a, a, a like a boldly underlined forgot password section. Nobody says anything. It's just all in the in the image. And that that was the only good one. Are you trying to find more? No, I'm trying to come up with my own now. <laughs> there there are no good jokes about dementia. No, I'm not trying to come up with a good joke. I'm trying to come up with a very obvious uh, setup that sounds like it is a setup for a joke so that we know a guy's setting up a joke. So that we can give Jay an opportunity to get up on that pedestal and lecture us. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. What's the... Ah, maybe that... What's the deal with dementia? Oh, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> If Straight Woman is doing the Jerry. (laughs) Jerry. (laughs) Jerry, no. (laughs) What's the deal with... His delivery pisses me off. (laughs) I don't know. I think brain damage is kind of funny. And that's when he gets hit with a shovel. And once again, a joke falls out of somebody's mouth. I mean, how many jokes have you wanted to slap out of Seinfeld's mouth? At least a couple dozen. Yeah, I, I, I stole one out of his mouth when I was in high school. They're almost always about airplanes. What's the What's deal? The deal? <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. Yeah. What's the deal with Jerry? Oh, Jerry has dementia. This this is the sketch is changing. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry has side. Jerry has dementia and now he's just making jokes about himself. Like oh, self-referential that... <laughs> jokes. He doesn't know he's Jerry anymore. There's no such thing as a funny joke about dementia. Jerry goes, what's the deal with dementia? Straight woman says, Jerry. He says, what's the deal with Jerry? She says, <laughs> It's funny now. We've crossed the threshold. <laughs> that was the comedy Rubicon. <laughs> yeah. What's the deal Wait. with Jerry? Aren't you supposed to not cross the Rubicon? I... I'll admit I'm not a student <coughs> of history. I mean, I can't remember. It's you can't cross. You can't uncross. You can't come back once you do. Is that what that's supposed to mean? I think, yeah, you can. Once you cross the Rubicon, you can't cross back. Oh, yeah. It's a point of no a difficult, return. A difficult decision from where there is no way back. Well, uh, yeah, OK, we just crossed the comedy Rubicon. We can't take that back. <laughs> we can't we can't take that back. Jerry is now in the nursing home. I love it. Yeah, there's Jerry. <laughs> and now Jay gets <laughs> Jay gets to tell everybody the grim reality of dementia. So that's when you get to do the cinematic effects. Screen darkens so that there's just kind of like a, a ring around her that's still kind of lit, but only just and it's just probably like gloomy music in the background some kind of sort of the low bass note. music it's like a low bass note it's just serious gravity and then there's probably like the sound of somebody shitting themselves and either out of fear or it's jerry who just shit himself and an orderly loudly laments jerry <laughs> oh, not again <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just got that cleaned up. 
So yeah, that that would be like the opportunity for the record skip, and then the lights immediately all come back on. Jay's moment of serious reflection is is ruined and over, and this guy's like, ah. And then that's an opportunity for us to put down the notes and be like, wow, that was a roller coaster of emotion. Because <laughs> now we've done that twice. Yeah, that's fun. Oh, yeah. It's, do it we seems wink like at the we're, having a, we're having a new catchphrase. Yeah, I mean, restore time for a new catchphrase. Well, yeah, we we spent a little while in the first one, kind of in the first bit, shitting all over the last catchphrase. Oh, when we finally go back to anti-imperialism's family fun farm, they're going to have to have the emotional roller coaster. Oh, yeah. Okay. Emotional damage. <laughs> I like that one a lot. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. We'll. Oh, yeah, yeah. There. All right. So we put down the notes. Well, that was an emotional roller coaster. I like I like how you wrote Jay. That's that's very much how she sounds. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Jay, where is she anyway? Yeah, I kind of expected her to be around here making sure we stay on task. And that's an opportunity for us to go looking through we put down our notes and go looking for her cuz she's she's uh she supervises us cuz we need supervision, obviously. Or is it there we wrote a there we took care of our notes or whatever. Maybe she'll make us lunch. Oh. I want lunch. <laughs> I never got breakfast. <laughs> yeah, we still never got breakfast. No, we did. We carried it out, didn't we? Did we no, escape we with didn't. it? No, we didn't. All right, it disappeared. I, yeah. I slapped a Pokeball out of your hand. We can't have I that can't for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so we, and then the episode ends on a tummy gurgle, Looney Tunes right. style. I forgot that it. Uh, we didn't get to keep. We didn't get to take it with us. We got no, and out. that's. That was part of the deal, too, is that we'd keep breakfast. Yeah. Gigi is a clever, conniving <laughs> Not lady. the other C word. Yeah. Computer. Yeah. Okay, so we we go find her in her holodeck, though? Yeah, we we sneak around. We hear, we hear probably like a little shuffle or something in the direction of our green room. So we sneak over and kind of like open the door just a crack and peek inside. And I guess that's an opportunity for the camera perspective to be on the inside. And as the door opens and the light comes out, the the eyes that are happen to be peeking inside are now in black and white. Mm-hmm. So like the, the the noir light is now getting on our faces. Do we react to that? Whoa. If if we notice it, probably. Yeah. What happened to your face, Todd? What happened to your face, Tucker? <laughs> what does mine say? I think I'm trying to think it was. Toby Maguire's character in Pleasantville named Todd. Oh, David. Never mind. Yeah, he's David. God, he looks like such a dweeb. <laughs> he was typecast for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, he kind of was. Because I was thinking about how that's exactly his look in Spider-Man. That vaguely surprised, dopey kind of dweeb look. Dweeby young boy. Yeah. Yeah. Dweeby haircut. Dweeby clothes. Dweeby general. Lit- liter- literally. A white boy named Toby. Yeah. He's a Toby. Yeah, I suppose that's exactly what Toby is. It's a, I'll just say it's a good thing his name doesn't end with an I. Toby. So, I assume once we peek into the studio, or rather, not the studio, the green room, we get to see the very beginning of Straight Detective's monologue, which, of course, she's doing out loud. Into a mirror? Is she, like, practicing? 
Uh, it starts with her talking to a held framed photograph, hmm. but she's, I think she's, she's pouring herself like a, a glass of whiskey because you're not a detective, like a grungy PI without whiskey, real whiskey. Yeah. Brown liquor. That was you called for brown liquor specifically. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and of course it is Stan in the framed photo. But of oh, course, that's interesting. Inanimate, it's an animate pink bear stand now. But she's she's staring at it forlornly as she does her her little monologue. You know, six years since I quit the force. And is it has it really been six years since she quit the force? You said she's playing this up as to whether it has any relation to her actual character's history. I I leave up to the the winds of fate as we continue to write her, but. As for this like personalized little novel that she's playing through, she's made for herself this little this little virtual reality detective game. Yeah. I'm going to assume that she just stepped foot into this character's shoes minutes ago. Okay. Naturally, it should be raining outside. There should be the sound of the pitter-patter of water against a nearby window. Probably no thunder, though. And, of course, it's nighttime because there's no daytime in noir. No. The sun never comes out. We got to film at night. Uh, let's see. Fairly standard noir detective attire, of course. White collared shirt, sleeves rolled up, dark waistcoat, a filled shoulder holster. So no, no, no waist holster. She's got the under the shoulder holster. That's that's got her service pistol in it. Probably a thirty-eight snub nose because she's an old fashioned gal. Now, so considering you've been working on this script for months now, do are we are are we going to be rewriting that one tonight? I don't think you need to take me through each single detail or just like specific beats. Yeah, probably just a few specific beats because are there got, parts I've that got, need to be changed? I've got a whole primer and that we can go through. OK. Oh, did you? Is it uploaded on Notion already? It's it's not. I I. I should have put it there, but I have the old version that I've been writing the script on. Okay. It was the prototype for the current primer template. Okay. So we've got our standard beginning, dingy private eye office in a rundown building. It's got to be a shithole. Straight detective sitting at her desk, pouring a glass of whiskey. And and funny enough, she puts down the glass and then sips directly from the bottle. That, uh, the whole time she's monologuing, including while she's drinking from the bottle somehow. The drinking is interrupted by Miranda. Did you say she's monologuing while she's drinking? Fuck yeah. Nobody knows how. Is it like a gurgled speech or is it does it become voiceover? It's it becomes voiceover, but it's like a ventriloquist when they talk and drink at the same time. Oh, wow. the, the 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 base of the bottle starts becomes lips that start talking. That is actually pretty funny because <laughs> later the the bottle empties itself. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, you see, at least I'll always have you, Hidden Desk Whiskey. <laughs> and right, it's yeah, at yeah, this yeah. point that the remainder of the bottle mysteriously drains away, complete with a small glug glug. It just disappears rather than spills out. Because you can't always have anything. No, sometimes you can't have anything because if you have anything, there's no story. But yeah, Miranda, Miranda busts in and I never did get a, a good feel for the description that straight detective monologues about Miranda because the detective always has to kind of monologue about the dame that came in. And when you say you didn't nail down a, de a description as in like the tone of the description? I never managed to write a description 
uh, noir detective style description of Miranda that I liked because I think the only thing we agreed on is that she's all stems with horns and cloven hooves. I mean, yeah, she was all stems. You might even say vines, bovines. (laughs) See, that's already better than anything I had. (laughs) It's got to be cow puns. Obviously. That's my mistake is that I was writing it myself. (laughs) She was a plump gal, not a porker. You might say beefy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not writing that. (laughs) Yeah, don't write it down. It It might be a curse. It's a gypsy curse. We'll summon a demon. Doubt or anything. Hayes, I want Tucker to find. Oh, you're. I just got a, a, a shotgun blast of delayed voice. Oh, nice. You said you're not writing that down. Tucker, most days something, something. Oh, yeah, that that would be an excitement. Bringing on a gypsy curse and a demon. Oh. <laughs> and I also think that at some point, Tucker needs to find a monkey's paw and do exactly that. Oh, definitely. We've talked, I I think in one of our first episodes, I wanted something to be a curse. And ever since then, I don't think we've ever actually done a curse. And I think there's room on that shelf for a monkey's paw with only one finger down. Oh, hell yeah. And so there, it has three more wishes left. Or how many fingers do monkeys have? (laughs) Depends on the monkey. These monkeys all have four fingers and a thumb. Okay. There's, There's one, I think it has three fingers and a thumb, but its hand is quite grotesque and I don't want to make any wishes on it. Okay, so it's got the pinky finger down and then it's got the, the thumb and the other three fingers still up. That'll be how it is after we make the monkey's paw wish that makes that pinky finger go down and it causes terror and havoc. Is that in the straight detective bed? No, I, there's probably no room at all for that in, in there. The straight detective bit is uh, scene by scene. So Miranda busts in she of course she pleads with the straight detective the straight detective is behind on rent because the the pi in these things always is they're always on the verge of total bankruptcy and disaster and getting thrown out of the only place they have they sleep at the office etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah so she's she's she doesn't need to have her arm twisted too hard to take it but miranda attempts the feminine wiles anyways batting her lashes doing the standard dame tropes straight detective is Totally non-reactive to all of that, but takes the job. Miranda's sister has gone missing. Miranda's sister has no name. She's just Miranda's sister forever. Yeah. T- tied up with some bad people. She ran off with the rodeo. <laughs> oh, is the rodeo somehow linked to the bad husband from the dead horse sketch also? I I would like that. Yeah, that's tied up important. With some bad people. Dead horse husband in parentheses. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't have to be a main character, but he can be roaming around in the background. Yeah, and he's got to be saying one of his lines. Yeah. Because I got to hear his voice more in my life. OK, so Miranda's sister, they they go. Miranda takes straight woman to visit her family. You know, her parents who they discuss said sister and Hank, her boyfriend from the rodeo. This boyfriend, Hank, whom nobody ever approved of. Yeah. So so there's a, there's a family yeah fucking hank so yeah there's a there's a scene in miranda's home with her family which of course on the on the trout on the transit to that home there's like a sign somewhere for the rodeo like there are multiple signs for the rodeo in the background during transitional Mm -hmm. phases in this sketch which is funny because the rodeo is the last place you wind up at 
and she keeps wondering where the last clue will be and all that. So, because I'm an asshole, I want to wave it like a flag that this is about the rodeo. So she has to go asking, you know, I'll go, we'll go downtown. We'll go to this, this dive bar. I've got a contact there who might know where your sister is, where this rodeo is happening. I know a guy. Yeah. The, every detective knows a couple of guys that are just an inch above dirtbag level who make useful informants. So, of course, on the way from the family home to this dive bar, there is, of course, another sign that says where the radio ro- rodeo, where the radio is, where the rodeo is, you know, the address, the date, everything. Nobody notices it. Turns out she's not a great detective. Nobody ever said she was. Yeah, no. <laughs> so multiple, multiple big, great big cues have been missed. But eventually the this this contact is like, let me let me call some people, see what I get you. And so he does. They get they get like a little scrawled, crumpled up note that has an address. It's the it's the rodeo. And of course, that's when they find the rodeo that's been advertised all over town and was actually right in the middle of town. They practically went by it. They stopped and waited for the parade at one point. <laughs> okay, I'm putting that into <laughs> the yeah, the wagon chain gang or wagon, whatever it's called, procession. Yeah, they have to stop and wait for a parade of wagons. Probably all of which have, you know, advertisements for the rodeo just on the side of them. And that's when they get there and they spot Miranda's sister. And that's where they get that moment of confusion because Miranda's sister is not in disguise. She's just a cow. Yes, right over there. The paddock next to the lamppost. Where? Feeding the cows. No, no, that's my sister. She's right there. She has the same spots as me. And that's Yeah, spots. (laughs) Eyebrows above the head. Oh, yeah. Way above the head. It's probably they 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 can go up and then, of course, force the camera to either follow them or zoom out. And that probably causes a brief uh, sort of blue screen moment because the straight detective is just totally confused. Wait, you mean your sister's a cow? Yeah, I'm a cow. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think this was? (laughs) You met my whole family. (laughs) (laughs) You hugged my mother. Oh, okay. Now I'm picturing uh, Miranda's mother, and she actually. <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't Miranda have like utter, utter, utter cleavage? Yeah, two <laughs> sets of udders with like, yeah. Why doesn't Miranda have utter cleavage? Uh, she spent several years in a cult in uh, the Sudan. And then there's a sort of, I'm still not sure which direction to take that part. Does, because it, before that, there are moments where it, there are hints that straight detective is mildly attracted to Miranda, finds her interesting, finds her attractive. And then the reveal that Miranda's actually a cow, I, I, I've, I've actually got kind of like a split where I've got two outcomes written. Where either the the attract the attraction is immediately dissolved, and so too is Miranda's disguise, and now straight detective can only see her as a cow and not and not as a person. And what follows is another monologue that doubles down on all of the cow puns already made. <laughs> now I really see how beefy she is. <laughs> I'm utterly embarrassed. <laughs> 
or she's or she's still like ah, it's too late now i'm into her kind of but that one's not as fleshed out because uh, the opportunity for miranda's disguise to be seen through miranda's actually really happy that her her disguise was sufficient to fool a seasoned detective i mean both are great but but only but i like the one that results in her leaving in disappointment back to her dingy office which is <laughs> yeah. the ending that i wrote the detective solves the case and doesn't get the girl and all she has her company is that glass of whiskey she left on her table because she went to drink from the bottle and that's that is, when that is uh, the proper way to do it yeah and that's when miranda's sister kicks in the door and loudly declares that something's happened to miranda and then straight detective can look at that's probably the opportunity for us to now interrupt because i never i all i had after that was roll credits oh first interrupt okay we've been pay- we've been watching this for long enough yeah now there's another cow it's time for <laughs> But no, yeah, we get we can do a both thing where like the straight woman decides or is suddenly all she can see is a cow, and she she starts walking away dejected or whatever. And Miranda is pleased that her disguise uh, got past a, a professional detective. They both yeah. go their separate ways. One happy, one sad. Yes, and after after straight woman kind of. After the ruse is up and straight woman starts becoming dismissive of Miranda and and stops seeing her as a woman and all that, and the attraction is gone, that's that's what happens in that moment. But that doesn't mean that there won't like be like a lingering, wistful yearning that can drive angst later in this. Oh, you could you I could you could bookend it, and so the the sketch ends with. Uh, straight woman monologuing to her photo frame again, but now it's got a photo of Miranda in it. Ah, I like that, and that's uh, that's that's actually a really good bookend for it. Oh, I forgot, I forgot to mention that after Miranda pulls uh, straight woman out of straight detective out of the office to go start their adventure, that's when you finally get to see what's in the photo frame, and that's how you see it stand. So okay. you don't you don't see it until after she leaves. She's blocking the view at first. And oh, that's I think, yeah, that's I natural. Think yeah, and I think that's how it should end as well. Miranda's sister comes in and says, there's something's happened to Miranda, and she sets the picture frame down again and leaves, and this time we see that it's Miranda. The camera lingers on the frame as they they walk out, and a single horn covers it, you know, fades out across the scene change. And then, and then the boys probably need to interrupt it because they have been watching this entire thing. Well, if she's monologuing to a photo of uh, the girl she had a crush on or whatever, would the would Tucker and Todd interrupt with like ew cooties kind of thing? Maybe. But at at the same time, I did actually write them a cameo or two into this into sketch. And now I think that they can actually literally infiltrate it and just kind of be present as she's acting this stuff out like they there's a scene where they're sitting in the dive bar just at one of the booths that Miranda and straight straight detective walk past. Oh, I like that. Okay. Are they, are they playing like background bit parts as different characters in the scene or they're just Tucker and Todd in the background? Well, that's undecided too. That, that part I couldn't make up my mind about. Cause then, yeah, if they have infiltrated the scene, do they, do they approach her at the end as the characters they've been playing or is Tucker and Todd also? Yeah. Like if they infiltrate the scene, Maybe the the program that the green room happens to be running just gives them new outfits. Mm. And then I guess they just kind of blend in. So long as the program's running, they're probably still in in their in their time appropriate pieces. 
either that or they're in the exact same clothes that they walked in in and they stick out like a sore thumb sore thumb in any scene that they happen to be in oh fuck i was trying to remember what they were they doing in the scene before they were just they were just watching yeah. Was, oh, yeah. They had toweled. I was trying to. Were they covered in something that they could be covered in? But no, they weren't. They had just toweled off. Yeah. They were just wet and they did the butt, the butt floss. Yeah. So they were dried off sufficiently. I assume they got dressed after that. Although it'd be funny if they just sat naked in beanbag chairs writing a script. <laughs> just hanging out with towels around their necks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a good thing they're not in the bunk chair. Oh, actually, maybe that is kind of funny if we are walking or <laughs> walking through her set. We're naked with the little pixelated uh, junk patch. <laughs> that that is incredibly funny. You told us to towel off. You didn't say what to do next. That imply that also like like uh, plays into our like uh, codependence, helplessness. Yeah, it is definitely a codependence thing, especially because we get to play that up because in the end, when we approach her, we're still undressed. She didn't dress us. Yeah, no. You didn't dress us. You didn't tell us to get dressed. How were we supposed said, to know we were supposed to get dressed? <laughs> you said towel off, write notes. That's what we did. Yeah, we're done the notes. Why can't you be happy? Positive reinforcement. That's what we asked for. And I, I guess I I suppose she would terminate the program or would, would she leave it running? And we're just like she would leave. And there we are just like naked in her detective's office. And then and then I reach for a glass of whiskey and she comes back and smacks my hand. Oh, no, she doesn't smack your hand. You reach for the glass of whiskey and that's when she turns it off and we're left in an empty green screen room and no whiskey. And no clothes. Yeah. And then that's when we get chased out of there by a German nurse asking us to come back to Camelot. Camelot. <laughs> no, no, that's only the, the program's <laughs> over. Nobody turned on the nightmare program. <laughs> the scary wank. Is that how it ends then? The 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 whiskey disappears. I mean the episode ends. Is that the end of the episode? Uh yeah, I think she probably leaves in a in a rather disgusted huff and of course she's turned off the program so there we are in the green room and then she turns out the lights behind us and that probably just leaves our eyes and probably our pixels. I the moment you said lights out, I was my my imagination was racing with what could possibly also be glowing. Or <laughs> the, the, the whites of our eyes and our <laughs> pixels. <laughs> Maybe you should see a doctor about that. You seem to <laughs> Ew, stop doing that. You stop doing that. <laughs> and then, they, yeah, they probably. Well, this has been a roller coaster of emotion. <laughs> that or yeah just yeah glancing the you see the eyes glance down at the uh the glimmering pixels oh that's new hey don't be a cock looker <laughs> a meat gazer <laughs> okay stop meat gazing stop objectifying me with your male gaze <laughs> that actually if we did that that would lure jay right back into the room i know what you're doing yeah yeah <laughs> that's a recipe for us getting the towels thrown over us or chased out snapping whip whip snapping oh yeah i think that's a good way to to sort of action end it with a joke as she comes back with the towel all all rolled <laughs> up and ready to whip whip our asses uh, and yeah and then she, and then she chases us over the horizon like over several hills kind of thing oh yeah roadrunner style yeah 
and there we run naked as a jaybird she's we can hear just hear this nasty bullwhip cracking and she's going yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) and then we 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 run off into the horizon and that's an opportunity for the old home on the range thing to play again because we've run off into a field yeah and then credits credits can roll and then we can do the post-credit scene that we've we've already elaborated on yeah beautiful and that guy's horrible voice. Mr. Hain. Okay, so I'm, I'll have to re-listen to this later and update my primer as I put it up on our on our proper place on Notion. Yeah, and I will update the timestamps. The, the first thing, I'll, I'll at least get that done tonight. And any other note-taking as well. Very good. Very good. Well, this was great. I was very excited after our first episode last week. I was thrilled with how well it turned out. And there was even I wasn't worrying, but there was a thing in my mind going like, hmm, I wonder if we could possibly keep running with the same momentum. And I feel like we did. This was great. Yeah, I uh, I am much happier with this version of Straight Detective now that it's been run through the filter of both of us mm-hmm. and been been tied into the actual sketch. You know, it's been tied into the studio and, and everybody in it. Yeah, and it, 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 it gives some... it gives straight women a lot more character too. We now see what she does for fun. Well, we now know that she has a sense of fun, a sense of whimsy. Yeah, before it was actually an unknown. She was our no fun allowed character. A fun sucker. But she has fun. Yeah, and I had fun too. Oh yeah, a couple of times we nearly passed out. I can't even remember what was. Oh, that was that the the cowboy guy. (laughs) (laughs) I had hot, hot tears running down my face. Yeah, when it turns out the wife beater is actually a cowboy and he's treating her like a real horse. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because then that kind of that kind of turns it into like a thin line that I am a little bit more. Not that I was uncomfortable, but that it turns it into a joke line a lot more. Yeah, it makes it more of a comic thing. He's he's using a a horse crop and everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's not a belt. It's a horse crop. And and later we we get him arrested anyway. He's a wife beater. And he's a bad guy. Yep, he's a bad dude and a bad thing happens to him. And also we have a, a proper bookend for the the entire scene anyways, and that's before the boys interrupt it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's what it was missing. I couldn't get it. But I think that's that is our whole episode. That's our whole podcast for this week. Yeah, that that is it. Uh, we're we're sorry it's a little late. Sometimes it's a little late, but it's always within the week. Yeah, it's. It's always on time if you consider some time during the week to be on time. Which I like um, an episode of Come Town from a couple of weeks ago was it was it was late. It came out the next day, I think, or maybe even the night it was supposed to come out. And it was titled Better Late Than On Time. I think that's what people say. <laughs> yeah, if if those guys can win, so can we. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> All right. Anyways, thanks for listening to the Tucker and Toddcast this week, everyone. I have been Todd. And I've been Jerry. (laughs) Jerry. (laughs) What's the deal with Tucker? (laughs) Well, that's going to have. I feel like that 
Is that the podcast title? Uh, we didn't have a podcast title for this one. Is it no, Hia? No. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm torn now. What's <laughs> the, the deal episode? with this episode? <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with dementia? What's the deal with Fox? <laughs> What's the deal with that ceiling joist? I what is the deal? What's the deal? I don't I don't think I do a very good Jerry impression. It only sounds <laughs> good in my mind. That's how most impressions are, I think. I don't know how anybody ever actually realizes that they can do one. Yeah, no. Not till you hear it played back. There you go. Oh boy. <sighs> Alright. Hey. That's that is the yawn of finality. I think <laughs> we are done. That's Thank the Rubicon. You. The Rubicon. That is the Rubicon. <laughs> Thank you and good night. Good night. Bye. Bye.